Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't like blood and guts, But I love them when they're lengthily With Gorley and Rust proudly present Shatter. 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 Uh, Matt, that also reminds me of a different kind of shattered that I thought would be funny to start the pod with. Please. Shattered. <laughs> Look at Hoskins and Tom Berenger go, yeah! <laughs> They're in Shattered. Okay, that's all I want to do. Uh, hopefully the Rolling Stones don't sue us. I, I've got another Shattered. Ooh! Which is something that I own on VHS currently in storage, and it's called Shattered If Your Kid's on Drugs. And it's Burt Reynolds and Judd Nelson clearly having been busted for drugs and doing community service in this... Uh, <laughs> Busted Special. together. Yeah, from 1986. Driving uh, crazy down some Miami uh, freeway together. It, like, you boys are going to have to make Shattered, I'm sorry. Is this not what you watched for today? Because it's got also got... <laughs> Tom Dur- Berger's in both, right? It, uh, might as well have been. It's got Dermot Mulrooney, too, as a kid. Ooh, uh, as a young no-good Nick. And Billy Campbell. Mm. Wow, and Amy Dolan's. Any relation? To, to Mickey? Yeah. I I bet so. If there's a Dolan's in showbiz, I'm going to have to guess all roads lead to Mickey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we are talking about the uh, fourth in our installment of Yuppie Nightmares 2, Shattered from 1991. 1991. Tom Berenger, Joanne Whaley Kilmer, which she didn't always have that hyphenate. Uh, But she does in these credits. That's right. Greta Mm -hmm. Skaki, who... Is she kind of the scream queen of Yuppie Nightmares in a way? I mean, is there a better contender? Is it Rebecca De Mornay? Uh, oh, oh it, it, if um, like has been in more than one, or just like typifies yeah. the ultimate Tip, bo- a little both maybe. Well, my s- scream queen femme fatale of the Yuppie Nightmare world will always be Glenn Close mm. as Alex in Fatal Attraction. Has she done more than one though? That's well, it does answer the question of we get to go back to. If Big Chill is the ultimate yuppie movie with yuppie characters, right. we get to see them all put through their paces with these nightmares. 
And Behringer, again, we got to see it with Sliver. Yeah. Now we get to see Behringer get get spanked as a yuppie again. Well, <laughs> kind of. I this is a, I mean, holy cow. Okay, first of all, can I just say thank you for choosing this movie, Matt. I have wanted to see it ever since it came out. In 1991, I was in fourth grade. They're showing <laughs> commercials. in fourth yes. grade and you wanted to see this? I love it. Without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> and the visuals I got, like, they delivered on what in my mind and forth. Because the commercials some. and the trailers, I remember, was always like slow motion shattered glass yeah. and, and glass cracking and memories and psychological thrilling stuff. And uh, so what I had imagined or hoped for it would be. I do think it it delivered. So yeah. I'm happy that I finally took the leap. Of, I agree. Uh, and I think you are just as much to think because I think this was on a short list that I wasn't necessarily going to pick. It was a short list of mine, but I think you voted this in, right? Didn't you choose right. this from my short list? Yes, so yes, this was yes. a, a team effort. That's right. And, uh, uh, you know, as you say that, I was like, wow, there's a lot of other choices from that year that we could have... Um, because I, I was about to say the other movie that I always saw commercials for and I did get to see when it came out on video was Deceived Oh yeah, with uh, Goldie Hawn and John Hurd. But then, you know, that same fall, that same autumn, you got uh, Cape Fear. That's right. And then like in the new year, you got Hand the Rocks to Cradle. Yeah. If you wanted, if you were a young person or a, an adult, a grown up who wanted to go and see some yuppie thrillers in that time span, lucky you. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I was thinking about how our, all our favorite slasher boys, um, the Michaels, the Freddies, mm -hmm. the Jasons, they all hang up, hung up their masks in 1990. That year, after having a bunch of sequels from all those guys, no Freddy. Yeah. No Jason. No, Michael. Enter the yuppie. Enter the yuppie. And it's almost like, guys, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. You could be making your yuppie thrillers. But if you look at what horror movies were having around that time, like 1990s, like, remember Shocker? It's like Wes oh, Craven's yeah. attempt to make a new Freddy. Or, I always think it's Richard Mole playing that part, but it's not, is it? I always think it's Richard Mole, too. Hey, all right. Rest in peace. Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, and then, um, like, William Freakin, I think that year is like made the Guardian, but right. eating like all these people who you'd maybe expect something new. It's yeah. just like it's a there was a dearth there, mm -hmm. but good golly, you could take your date out to see Shattered mm. if you wanted to. Now, Matt, why did you? How did you first hear about this? Why did you put it on the list? I'd never seen this. I don't remember ever hearing about this movie. I think it probably came on my radar the first time we were picking yuppie nightmare movies, but. This time especially, I went. I found a bunch of yuppie nightmares or yuppies in peril lists on Letterboxd, and I just mm. went through everything. Mm -hmm. I, I think I mentioned this. I think I had like 60-some films on my list originally. Narrowed it down to maybe like 20, and then started watching the trailers. And just, I think it was the Greta Skaki, Joanna Whaley element that was like, I'm curious about these actors. I like yeah. them. I bet your curiosity was shared by a lot of men in the audience that opening night, man. Oh, I'm not even opening night. Two. 2023 too. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Yeah, I mean, a, my God. They're, they're great actors. I know uh, Shachi? Chachi? What's her name? Skaki? Skaki. Is it? 
Uh, I think Francis the CCH Scotchy. is hard C. Sc- Francis Scotchy. 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 Scotch. Francis Scotch Key. <laughs> uh, I know her from the player. Uh, mm, I knew her from Presumed in- Innocent. Okay. What's her... In Presumed Innocent, does it involve the death of a husband and all? Have you never seen it? No. Why have we not done Presumed Innocent? I think we should. I mean, it's probably too... It it transcends Yuppie Nightmare. It's, it's maybe definitely a little too a courtroom. It's definitely a courtroom drama, and I think it's also m- maybe just like a better... F- it's kind of like Silence of the Lambs in a way. Does it have the... Um, maybe not... Or does it have the glam and the glitz that we like? The aesthetic pleasures of... Uh, I would say so, but it's okay. subtle. I just mean it's it's a movie before it's a genre, but I it see. is a genre. It's I definitely you, a court, mm-hmm. it's definitely a courtroom mm-hmm. drama. A Scott Turo Scott adaptation? Scott Turo, yeah. Well, I'm, uh, hey, that could be the new Shattered, watching Presumed Innocent. Oh, I can't believe you've not seen that. Rusty but, Sabbath. Well, I guess don't answer that. Okay, I won't. I wouldn't. But would the her universe even involve any sort of dead spouse? Because in the player, she marries a guy who is you know spoiler. If you haven't seen the player, I've never seen the player. Well, or I haven't. Not, no spoilers. So long. Uh, She's just got. It definitely dead involves someone there. dead. I can say that. That's not a spoiler because mm, okay. it's fright from not Freddie. <laughs> I think though Freddy's Dead was out when Shattered was out. So if you wanted to like see Shattered and then you're walking out, you're like, you know, I'm going to go into my car. Yeah. I'll just bop over to the next door theater and see uh, Freddy hit a video game. <laughs> <laughs> now, Matt, what is this podcast? Who are okay, we? Okay, I'll what tell you. I'm glad here? you asked. It's with Gorley and Rust. It's, it's, it's just an easy listening at our own pace mm-hmm. discussion mm-hmm. of horror movies, thrillers, yuppie nightmares, mm-hmm. and beyond. Mm-hmm. Listen, we got a Patreon. I'm not going to bore you with great details. It's at patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. We do feature film like commentary. Terrors. Do mailbag episodes. We'll, we've been known to run two films at the same time and do a commentary on them. Check it out. There's another one coming fun, soon. You put up a fun pic of your uh, of the thing you're building in the backyard and how you have a oh. glass block for yeah, Yuppie Nightmares. It's dangerous around here. Were you scared yeah. to come over today? <laughs> I did. I saw them and uh, that's why I was five minutes late because I went back to my car and just trembled and cried. Um, we do vid bits on there, yeah. which uh, we've just discussed. We're going to. Here's here's a bit of scheduling yeah. news. We realize that Yuppie Nightmares will take us you know, well into December. So for us to start the Hannibal, which we were calling Holiday Hannibals, we might need to rename. Yeah. We will start that in the new year at some point. That yeah. will be the first season back. But... That's 2024 begins with Hannibal. Ooh, that's just good. Oh. Like a, we could take an election kind of element, like Hannibal 2024. Oh, that's good. Like, and yeah. you're like, you want to vote for that guy? And then we go, you want to vote for that guy? <laughs> okay. You know what? Hannibal doesn't seem like such a bad choice. <laughs> uh, well, I don't remember what I was saying. You stunned me. Oh, oh the, 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 oh, yes. So, now is is the best there's no better time to be a patreon subscriber because even though we'll be taking a multi-week break for the free feed we're, we're not going to sleep on the trustees yeah, we're gonna we'll be have doing the commentary in the, the mailbag. mailbag we're also going to do the 12 vid bits of christmas yes. which means 12 days before christmas every day you're going to get a vid bit delivered to you there <laughs> um, uh, also oh uh a little i did a vid bit where i sang a little song too that's right, you did. Oh, so if you want to trem- see and, and songs, a tremendous song. I'm not even thank you, just Matt. blowing smoke up my friend's ass. 
Blow it's it so right good. Up there. No, Please. it's so good. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, bounce on over there, and we're also doing a little live streaming right now with the audience. That's uh, right, with and the that's, trustees, and that's for the Baby Zeno subscribers. And that's uh, you can also have your name shouted out if you're a Baby Zeno subscriber, and email us if you are uh, at with Gorley and Russ at gmail pod, gmail with Gorley and Russ pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I I propose. We do an extra couple of video vid bits just for the baby Zenos. I love that. Okay. Yeah, the uh, uh, that's good. And I, I was gonna say, like, right before uh, we started recording, when we we're talking on the live stream, there, like, we we're talking about. Well, just so people know, it's November first. We're doing this the day. Mm. After Christmas and just Halloween, <laughs> it's like Christmas for me. It I really guess. is. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe that's why I said it because I just wanted to bring up Matt. I think this is a national conversation that's ha- happening right now, and we should talk about it. I think Halloween is like one of now the holidays that people flip out to oh. celebrate. What? What's going on here, buddy? I love it. It's Paul, the best. Paul, I'm telling you, you know, I've said this before. We often go, well, every year, pretty much for the last few years, we've gone to South Pasadena, mm-hmm. the Mecca of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Michael Myers Mecca. It is becoming like West Hollywood there now. I'm wondering how much we can even sustain it. Because instead, though, instead of kind of a lascivious young adult bacchanalia, it's like families. But it's crazy. There was a news van there last night. Whoa. Our friends, Craig, Hopefully not uh, Gail Weathers. Mm, God, for her sake, I hope not. There were <laughs> yeah, lots of ghost faces. I don't want her there. I she... saw some crazy ghost faces last night, too. I saw a seven, eight-year-old boy who was a ghost face, and it, I loved it. It was a friend of my uh, daughter's um, who I see when I drop her off at school. I'll see him a lot of times. We say hi. We were walking on the sidewalk. He came up to me. He was wearing a little black hood. And uh, robe, like ghost face. <laughs> Makes sense. And he came up, but he didn't have the mask on yet. Yeah. He was just his face. And he said something that I remember somebody saying to me in first grade. He was probably in first grade now. When I was in first grade, I walked into a haunted house that we had been invited to. And my friend Craig was greeting people, but wearing a mask. I don't think I had a mask on. I think it was just a costume, like outfit. And as I walked in, I heard Craig go... I thought you would be coming. <laughs> it was like, and I was like, Craig, my voice too. Hi, Craig. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh yeah. And then the next day we talked about like, oh, you were at the haunted house. Uh, we were walking down the street. This kid with his sisters, they come up and start talking to my wife and I, and uh, we're all talking. And the boy comes over to me and is like, I was walking behind you. I knew it was you. <laughs> <laughs> Kids love telling you when they recognize yeah. you from far away. Yeah. It is so fucking yeah. funny. They're on to you, adults. Kids are on to you. <laughs> They're little snoops, little uh. spies. But then I said, uh, oh, that's a cool robe. I like it. And then he said, oh, this. And we then he put on the it. ghost face. And I was like, this, this, that would be like me going as Freddy. Yeah. Some parents would go. What? If, mean, if, if I went oh, as Freddy when I, I was yeah. in first grade, right. I think there would be some clicking of the tongues. Oh, not in South Pass, my friend. Let me tell you the tell spectrum me. of ghost faces I saw. Starting with just your standard. White ghost face mask, black robe, mm-hmm. sometimes a knife, sometimes not. 
Then there's one that has like an outer crisp clear shell with blood in it. So if you move, the blood kind of moves with uh, the gr- gravity. Whoa. And if you like shake your head, it kind of spatters the blood around. That so was kind of really like, cool. Yeah. What other like Spencer Gifts materials can or have like, that like? Did you ever have one of those trick wine goblets that had the wine within inside yes. the like double paned glass uh-huh. and you could like pour it out and it wouldn't. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Then someone just had a chrome ghost face mask. These were all kids. Then chrome. there was one that was a ghost face mask with just an American flag printed on it. The whole thing was like up in the <laughs> top left corner was the stars. Like evil could evil ghost face. Or like, God forbid, like just super right wing ghost face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it was really something. Isn't it funny? I think I told you this before. It's so funny that the American flag has become like a whatever image that yeah. like if you walk into a room and somebody has a cap with the American flag on it, you're like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I be? know. And I don't know if that's the same. That's on me though, I guess. Well, I don't know, but I don't know if that's the same thing in other States, but that is in California. And it's sad because I'm hey, it's a my patriot for this country. Yeah. But you really are saying something. If you fly an American flag, not to, I will put one out at fourth. Of I July. think it says something about how, few patriots we have in the state that it, that's even notable uh, yeah i agree i agree for shame on us we should well, be the i agree that's no. why i put okay, one out we'll of fourth of our... july you can't have you can have this flag when you pry it from my cold dead libtard hands i'm gonna love just putting up a big american flag and then right next to it a big flag that says flapping in the wind pelosi <laughs> and i'll go out and I'll alexandra pelosi huge into documentaries I love the documentarian, Alexandria Pelosi. Who did you think I met? Uh, Dumbass. (laughs) So we went to South Pass last night. It's bonkers there. Yeah. Our friends, Craig and Maria, live in the zone. They can see Strode's house. Their their house is in Halloween in the background. Damn, lucky. Okay. They just moved there. Um, They landed in the part where you are expected to be one of the houses that does this like really mm. intense decoration mm-hmm. and they heavy lies the crown. Oh, you would have loved their house. The mask. Cause most of them are like haunted houses and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. He got all these old CRT monitors and old TVs and set them throughout the yard with fog and then did a clip thing of like the commercial of silver shamrock commercial <gasps> for Halloween um, scenes from the shining or you 90s kidding? and they would all like be separated by static. Not only that, he broadcast them on a radio frequency. So all the monitors were picking it up via rabbit ears. They weren't even hardwired. How is he doing that? He's, That's so he's, cool. It's amazing. And so the whole, the whole yard was just like in sync playing all of these things and you could hear the sound. I was helping so give cool. out candy. He had, to, he, it was his first year here and he said, to their neighbors, like, how much candy do I need to have? Like, because yeah. there's so many people. He had to buy $250 worth of candy. Whoa. And it would go by so quick. And some of these kids would come by and just try to take a full handful. I mean, we've all done that once in our lives. Yeah. But I went from like, yeah, go for it. What the hell? To like realizing we're going to be in severe shortage. Well, hey, it's the lack of patriots in this country. Exactly. Everybody's entitled. All these yeah. entitled kids and coming I'll tell you what, like, it was hey, that American a- flag ghost face one that took the most. Did he know? No, I don't know. <laughs> no, it wasn't the ones you'd expect. 
I think it's sort of sacrilege to be running around with a ghost. I love Scream movies, believe me. And pound for pound, I probably like them more than the Halloween movies. But mm-hmm. when you're in Halloween country, no, 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 no. You don't wear a ghost face mask, my friend. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean... What am I, going to go to a Lakers game wearing a Chicago Bear sweatshirt? <laughs> Not even the same sport. Right? I know that would be the ultimate uh, insult. But That's ultimately, really cool it was though, up and down night, but fun. Because yeah. here I was saying, like, oh man, it's so cool on Halloween. You walk by cars and houses, and they're playing the Halloween theme. You got the experience. Oh, yeah. And we take, we do every year since Glenn was born, especially, we go like you would take a picture of Santa Claus in front of the Michael Myers house. There's always an obliging Michael Myers mm-hmm. waiting to take a photo. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. one was. A bit shorter than most. Um, nice. We we had a guy who he made his house like a because uh, around where we live they'll block a off a street uh, a block so mm. it's like a block party yeah. they get the zoning that you would use for a block party I yeah guess. and and so that means it's like truly like Lollapalooza like a rock festival for right. kids they're yeah. like running around and they get to run on the street and stuff and. Uh, the uh, people do up their houses and stuff. And there was a house that was like made to look like a monster house. Mm. And um, the guy stepped out of his house and uh, my wife went, we love your decorations. And he looked at us and then turned away. We walked away and we were like, I mean, your house is fairly remarkable. We're going to it's remark not, on yeah, it. It's not out of the... Uh, we were just like, that's weird he didn't say thank you or whatever. Not that... Yeah, no. But it's just fair. a weird, it's, it's right? Fair, yeah. Right? So we keep walking and I thought about it. And I was like, do you think... I said to my wife, I was like, do you think he just had like an argument like with at home and oh. he had to get out and now he's oh. had got to respond to people? And we were like, yes. His wife said, enough with this Halloween monster house shit. <laughs> So then he steps out, and we're like, we love the things. Like, yeah, you too. But you tell that to her. Or, or he she, hates it. Yeah, he hates she it. She's, she did it, house. and she's the big fan, and he lost that argument only to come out like a... He, he probably left that house going, the next person I see is going to be like, what a stupid thing to do, and you're going to feel so dumb. Yep, yep. yep. Now, I hope somebody does the legwork and finds out who this monster house was the owners and we yeah. publicly same with this tiny Michael Myers although I will say he was like Kidding. he had mm-hmm. the bullet holes in him from the end of of Halloween like it was that specifically that moment in time Michael Myers a lot of people will do mm-hmm. Michael Myers from a certain movie mostly it's from the first one or if they got a really shitty mask <laughs> it's from any of the others but this was post <laughs> Post Loomis shooting. I like the specificity. I do too. Uh, And he was carrying around like a a hidden speaker, so the music was playing. That might like hidden music playing. It makes it sound like um. Well, no, I'm conflating the boy at Halloween two as the oh yeah boombox. But if we talked about how somebody could, it'd be a you'd have to get the details right. But to be Ben Tramer dressed as Michael Myers, I know. I guess it's just making yourself crispy or something. I guess, and and then uh, you'd have to be fine with the realization that 99.9% of the people would think you just didn't do a good job as coming up with a Michael Myers costume. Yeah. (laughs) Which, I mean... And then your response is, no, I'm Ben Traber. They're like, cool. 
Well, we're done hanging out tonight. Same with the ambulance guy from part five of Friday the 13th. What's his name? I forget. Ross or something like that. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 It's kind of, yeah, you're Jason, I get, but you just went to a hockey store. No, I'm not. I'm authentically ambulance man Ross. What did you go as? Oh, um, Glenn was Elmo. So Amanda got us these kind of fluffy onesies. I was Oscar the Grouch. Ah. She was Cookie Monster. That's good. And now you show me a picture of what you guys dressed up as and then revealed that you didn't even plan it this way. But yeah, so we went to the Spirit Halloween, which had a line around the block. It was like the hottest club in Los Angeles. We waited like... Some people couldn't get in. Really? Is it true? No, I don't know. (laughs) I fell for that. I was like, it could. Uh, Leslie and uh, I and our daughter, we were waiting out line and then we got in. And once we went in, we we're like, wait was worth it. And they kept it clean. The thing was this know, like on Halloween? Or um, no, uh, the last week, like okay. Wednesday or Thursday. Of yeah, because on Halloween, it, oh, it's picked dry. As Tony Soprano once said, forget about it. I went in there last year on Halloween to get something. And the only costume in there, I might have mentioned that, was like the, the generic. Uh, lady from National Park, you know, femme fatale. It was from Yellowstone, like Kelly Riley's oh part in Yellowstone. Gosh, it was just like a leopard print coat. Well, the thing I we went there and I I was looking just for a skeleton costume, and uh, the only one they had was like skeleton boner, and he had like a bone. No, are you yeah. serious? And and you'd get your hopes up. You'd go, oh, there's a skeleton. No, it's the skeleton boner one again, and. I talked about it. We talked about it. It's like, there was a bunch of them. They weren't getting sold. That's why it was happening. And it's like, Spirit Halloween, boys in their 20s, in this day and age of 20 and 23, no, they ain't getting action on Halloween. If they go out with a skeleton boner thing, like that is so, like, you just be like, creep. Bye. Yeah. Like, and also, it's not really a bone. It's blood engorgement. Yeah, it's flesh being engorged with pure blood. How does it get that hard from just blood? That's crazy. <laughs> I guess there's an actual bone in it. <laughs> okay, I'm wrong. Um, spooky, spooky uh, bonertons. But despite that, so I didn't get the skeleton, but it was good because I ended up finding something I liked better, which yeah. was the jailbird. Yeah. Which after I bought it, I was like, that seems like Mr. Mom. Yeah. And then I thought about it, I was like, do you think Mr. Mom was making a little joke there wearing a prisoner outfit? Mm. Kind of cheeky. That movie delivers new levels every time you... The layers uh, that you it. peel away yeah. with Mr. Bomb. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous film. <laughs> it is. It is In gorgeous. every way, yeah. Um, but we uh, got the Jailbird outfit, and then when I got that, uh, my wife said, oh, I'll go as a cop mm. then. And we understood it as like a... Um, Oh, we're a couple. This is a duo thing, prisoner and cop. But I wasn't thinking of it in the context of husband and wife or that it would be yes. seen a as a commentary. Ri- yes, a wry commentary, commentary on yeah. the, the state of affairs yeah. between which is if ball we, busting wife it, and henpecked dad. Well it's funny if we were uh making that point it's like it's a point from like the 1950s yeah it's right. such a, you know yeah. but we to your next point yes <laughs> when we were going around and trick-or-treating the older the opposite of clientele the people who give you the candy the older they got 
the more delighted and tickled they were by the commentary. Yeah, the more they <laughs> the more they saw themselves in it. They're like, oh, this Bingo. is very cute. Happy wife, happy life. Right, right. Hey, where's the ball and chain? <laughs> where's my man cave? But you know. To their point, maybe we did bring it on ourselves. Like, mm. we just thought it was a funny two people together, the cop and the prisoner. But uh, now it seems like, you know, the de- the dad's always trying to get away with stuff, but the lady's always wagging <sighs> her finger. Now, what do you do when you c- come home and put Mary to bed? Mm-hmm. What time does Mary go to bed? She usually is falling asleep around 8.30 or 9. Okay, so yeah, Glenn's... 7.30. Last night it was 9, 9.30. Yeah. 10. yeah. And and we had every aspiration to come home and watch a scary movie. It's mm-hmm. Halloween. Put her to bed. Have a drink. We were so exhausted. So tired. Yeah. So what we did was we did have a little bourbon and some Halloween candy. Well, that's perfect. And then watched the Halloween episode of Mr. Belvedere. Oh my, that is awesome. What happened? It's barely a Halloween episode. That's the B plot. The A plot is that, of course, that Mr. Belvedere can't see and had to have cataract surgery and wears an eye patch and he's getting depressed because it's the first time his body has started to fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> nice Halloween episode. I know it was kind of spooky, especially when you yeah, sort of like, like, my body is debilitating before my eyes. I know, and you think of Mr. Belvedere as so old, but I was watching it last night going, He's probably in his 50s. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, isn't there a rumor, too, that like he accidentally sat on his eye? So that's weird that they <laughs> referenced that no, he sat on his dick. Uh, but Wait, there's, a, there's a story that he sat on his own balls once and screamed. <laughs> so I was referencing Wait, that. Christopher Hewitt or Mr. Belvedere? Mr. Belvedere. Oh, Christopher, the actor who plays him. Oh. Like at a table read, like oh. sat down. I was like, yeah! <laughs> They're like, what's the matter? He's like, I sat up on my balls with my big ass. Well, eh? That's good. <laughs> Squeaks on the testicles. Never ran okay, before. When you're up. They're, uh, oh, they're this age uh, thing that you yeah. just talked about. Yeah. Uh, and then we can talk about the movie, which I might, I am excited me to talk too, about. Me too. Me uh, too. But the, but um, I am enjoying this. Yeah. The, uh, uh, um, I'm 42 right now, and in the last week, I was listening to uh, a David Foster Wallace interview, and they were like, uh, you know, well, what? how's your writing different now? Or he's like, well, I probably am less trying to seem clever and more interested in making characters who I care about and people would care about. And he's like, maybe that's just because I'm in my... I think it was slightly facetious to say, but it was just sort of like, I'm an older man now at 42. Okay, I guess that's when people would start thinking about this. And then the next day I was watching a um, documentary about Robert F. Kennedy. They're like, killed at the age of 42. I was like, oh, jeez. There weren't times where I was sitting around thinking about people being 37. No. (laughs) There's a reason why I'm like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. 42. Uh, b- yeah. B- b- yeah. There so. are those weird landmark ages like 
your Jesus year when you, you turn 33. Mm-hmm. There's like the Cobain year. Mm-hmm. There's that year. There's for me, which was so significant was that Brando was 47 when he played Vito Corleone. So when you age past Whoa. that, you're a lot sobering, even though that was like a lot of makeup and stuff, but still. But it's weird because he's, um, Wilford Brimley is 30 years younger than him. I don't know. <laughs> what the, uh, that's a, yeah, well, to the point of people in their um, grown adults and their experiences in life, how about Shattered? Shattered. The yuppie okay. nightmare of yes. Shattered. Yeah. Really quickly, oh, please. one thing I forgot to mention please. about the schedule is that we will be taking our requisite break next week and then come back with the second half. Of yeah. The but yes. And what are we coming back with? Just so people know, uh, that's, um, uh, that's, uh, here it is. It's coming. <laughs> We're coming back with a uh, single white female, Thanks, buddy. Thanks for followed by up. the temp, then disclosure. And then we're bringing it home with one hour photo. Ooh, that's a good, I love that little back yeah, half there. That's, that's good. Really good. Um, okay. Shattered. Yeah. I'd never seen it. It wasn't on my radar from the time I, like I said, I was just going through those letterbox things and, and then saw the cast and saw and Hoskins. Come on. Yeah. I like Tom Berenger. All those actors are people I am automatically signing up for. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And sure. Throw in a Corbin Burnson. I'll take it. You know, if it's I, free. Yeah. And as uh, Brantley Palmer's, uh, uh, as always, excellent notes pointed out that, um, these guys, you know, they were in major league together. Yeah. And so when Tom Berenger wanted to throw a bone out for a buddy, uh, <laughs> he recommended Corbin Burnson. The Burnson casting, though, through, I mean, it's a good, actually, it's a successful choice. Like, I agree. He because was a red you're, you're thinking about things when, when he's there. You're, you're like, there's a, there's a reason. And not only he's the cast, but the way he's Major League baggage, too, yeah. because he's, he's a snake in then. He's a snake in LA Law, of course. So too. Tom Berenger, yeah, suggested Corbin Burnson, and Corbin Burnson came in and was in the room with Wolfgang Peterson for like an hour and a half and basically came out cast in the role. Mm hmm. Interesting to note that Wolfgang Peterson had to convince Tom Berenger to play this on a three-hour phone call. Tom Berenger had said, thanks to Brantley's notes, how charmed he was by him. But originally, it was going to be William Hurt and Sissy Spacek mm. in this thing. That's good. Interesting, yeah. William Hurt should be, I mean, there's body heat, but he could have been a true star of Yuppie Nightmares. Mm-hmm. He made choices like Accidental Tourist and The Doctor. It's like, get your head out of your ass, Come dude. Come on. Who do you think you are, William Hurt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, um, when they chose right, he he wanted them initially, and uh, I mean, you mentioned his name, uh, Wolfgang Peterson. Uh, he uh, his body of work is uh, really interesting, and uh, Brantley's notes pointed out how he grew up. Um, loving America from afar. His memories are like American Navy men throwing down candy to to him uh, when he was growing up as a kid. In Germany, yeah. Yeah, and so he was like, um, I mean, if I, when I was a kid, saw people, their military throwing me candy, I would be like this. <laughs> if I go over there, I guess that's that all the time. Who knew that in the 80s, all Russia had to do was come in with just bags of candy. Yeah, that would could be the red dawn. The red peppermint dawn. 
Red Hot's Dawn. That's better, Red Hot's Dawn. Oh, can you imagine? A grozny zjazny, Red Hot's. Oh, thank you, Putin. Young Putin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, young Putin. Putin babies. Putin babies. <laughs> uh, they sure do not like glass knot. <laughs> Kremlin babies. I want to do an animated show called Kremlin babies. I got an awesome Kremlin idea for oh, wait, Christmas I, decorations, Matt. Did you say Gremlin? Yes. I said Kremlin. I said Gremlin. Let go, because I'm done. <laughs> let's with call the my, whole thing off. No, my part's done. You go on to Gremlin. <laughs> no, movies. what were you going to say about I got nothing else from it. Well, it doesn't, it's not meant to be expounded on. I go. saw Halloween decorations with all these little skeleton guys and up to mischief. Like one of them was putting up a ladder and the other oh. one up top was falling off the ladder. And I was like, they look like fucking Gremlins. Light bulb. Somebody for Halloween or Christmas, Christmas decorations. For Christmas. Yes. Because gremlins have, too. If you walked by and you just saw a house with like a dozen gremlins yeah. all doing funny shit. Or you decorate for Halloween and then you just put Santa hats on them for yes. Christmas. And you're like, hey, Thanksgiving, that's uh, the pivot point. You can take this year off. Thanksgiving. <laughs> you're not needed. So uh, Wolfgang uh, Peterson then, you know, he makes Das Boot. Mm-hmm. And then still never seen it. Can you believe me? Me neither. Yeah. But especially for a guy like you, I know you think you would have worn I, two boots. My I don't. good friend, Jeff Crocker bought it for me on hard copy once for my birthday. And I still never watched What's it. What's the resistance? I don't have a resistance. I just, for some reason, don't have a strong pull. For one thing, I do like war movies, but I'm not a big like naval maritime war yeah. guy for some reason. And then, for, I just don't like enclosed spaces. I don't either. And it's like, if I'm going to do a submarine movie, you got to put a Sean Connery in there, a Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. Gene Hackman, a Bon Jovi from U571, which was the first <laughs> DVD I ever bought. Or a I, Jack Noseworthy from Dead at 21. Oh, yeah. I remember Jack Noseworthy. I once saw that guy live in a production of Equus get fully nude. Whoa. Yeah. Was he fuckworthy? <laughs> I'll tell you what, he was Jack Hoseworthy. Yes! I didn't mean U571 was the first DVD I ever bought. It was the first one I ever bought when I got my first home surround system that I won on Rock and Roll Jeopardy. (laughs) After losing on Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Did Mark McGrath deliver it to your house? It was Jeff Probst. Did Jeff Probst deliver it to your house? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Speaker by speaker. (laughs) So, uh, wait, why were we uh, talking about Gremlins? That? Uh, where uh, were we? Uh, boats. Uh, uh, Wolfgang Peterson in his early work. Yeah, Ding! yeah. Nice, Tab dude. Closed. Nice. So then, um, like a lot of uh, European filmmakers at the time, the Verhovens and the Rennie Harlins. Esterhaus. Yeah, they, <laughs> they all kind of got these little... Um, there's a little cachet. Yeah. They made these, you know, beautiful uh, European films that have some touch of action and adventure. Let's get them over here and sure, make them movies for us. And um, he gave two swings at the bat, you know, does never ending story, a hit enough, then Enemy Mine. Mm. And when Both it, shot in Germany. Um Whoa, yes, that's right. At the the right, right, right. Um, I shot at the studio where Babelsberg Studio for where Never Ending Story was for shot. For Inglorious Bastards? Yeah. Really? We wow. looked at a little plaque where it said Wolfgang Peterson had shot Never Ending wow. Story there. Um, uh, but there was like a stretch of when In the Line of Fire came out, 
I was such a little movie mad kid with my Entertainment Weeklies, Matt. I remember thinking, the director of Shattered is d- doing In the Line of Fire? Are you, yes. you're serious? I was at, and you that, still hadn't seen Shattered? No! Shattered really stayed with you, Paul. Yes, it was 1990-91. It's like when I logged on to, I'm going to care about any movie that is shown in a commercial on TV. I love this. <laughs> and yeah, it's Premiere Magazine, Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, yeah. It's just giving me a constant... Yeah, right. um, the director? It, it's, I shattered? wish I was cool at doing like Monsters of Filmland and stuff like famous Monsters of Movie Land magazines, but no. it was like a. I was the same, but down the middle conventional shit for. That's amazing. I had no idea who Wolfgang Peterson was at that time. Uh, so then I don't know how you could do digging like this. Maybe it was like through a Malton review or something. You would see. There was a gap, and I was so thankful for Brantley's notes because I finally figured out there was like a gap from like Enemy Mind to Shattered. That's Two like and a half years. years. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, from 85 to 91. And yeah. then in 89 is when he tried to get this Shattered, shattered uh, yeah. adaptation done. Uh, which, another surprising fact I didn't know, this is like his passion project. Like he's been yeah. wanting to make this since Das Boot. Yeah. And that's why he wrote it, which he never writes his own stuff. Um, anyway, I knew he had done Never Ending Story and Shattered. And so the idea of him doing a Clint Eastwood movie, and I knew, I guess, enough about Clint Eastwood to be like, doesn't he usually direct his own movies? and stuff? Whatever. But as Brantley's notes pointed out, uh, Clint Eastwood saw Shattered, an enemy mine, like those, thought he would be capable for directing in the line of fire. And after that, boy, oh boy, he is just off to the races like one movie every two years, and they are full on dad movies. They just really like are. Political, yeah. with a taste of action and adventure and romance, and they're so fucking slick, dude. They're I love them. Amazing movies. In the Line of Fire is one of the most perfect movies for what it is. Yes. I haven't seen it in a while, but every time I've revisited it, it's got just enough originality mixed with just like a a fair amount of like the cliche, Mm -hmm. but, but done so well. And it's melodramatic, but it's also memorable and funny. And I don't like air force one as much, but it has those qualities that you're talking about, which is like they're movie, movie things. It's like a president is a, is now Die Hard, yeah. or what if Kennedy's Secret Service uh, security got yeah. one more shot at stopping an assassin? Yeah. They're like such awesome. I mean, I never saw Perfect Storm. I didn't either, actually. But he did like um, and Troy. He did Troy, which came out right alongside. Was it Gladdy? Alexander? There was like another uh, one that was just because Gladiator was the su- success. Alexander yeah. and like Troy could get made or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Troy was the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie one, right? Yeah. Is she in that though? I think she's in Alexander. No, she was going to be, wanted to do some Cleopatra thing. So I'm getting them all mixed yeah, up. Yeah. It's not our fault. Is she in Troy? She I is. Think so I think she plays Brad two- Pitt's mother. Oh, and then, or maybe Eric Bonas. And mother? then after that was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Smith. Yeah. Oh, um, the uh, 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 so yeah, when um, with Wolfgang Peterson, he reminds me a little bit of like um, 
this filmmaker, Lassie Halstrom. Oh, yeah. Who did My Life as a Dog in Europe. Never seen it. He comes to America and makes this, dare I say, perfect movie, Matt, called Once Around with him and Holly Hunter. Oh, and um, with who and all? He's in it? He, uh, uh, Richard Dreyfus is in it. I'm sorry. I made it sound like he was acting in the movie. Richard Dreyfus and Holly Hunter. Sorry, that's right. And I've never uh, seen that. I've heard great things. Um, but it feels like a like a European movie where it's just about people and how they. And then that fucker got on like the Miramax Oscar bait train, and so he starts doing like the most. Gilbert Grape is interesting enough, but then after that, it's like Cider House Rules and Chocolat oh, and right. Life as a House. Like all these fucking... Yeah. And I think of them in parallel because it was like Wolfgang Peterson chose the like action-adventure blockbuster route yeah. as the way to like went eventually route. find... Lossy went mom route. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And then that guy went the Oscar bait route. Like, there's yeah. two ways to pay your mortgage as a yeah. workman director who comes overseas to work for Hollywood. It's basically like, make us bring your spectacle and make us blockbusters or bring whatever that uh, heartfelt yeah. thing is you do or so your people yeah. thing you do. And, and then not have it that I mean that Miramax Oscar bait sludge know, is some of the rough. worst fucking movies that were made in the 90s I would rather watch a Hellraiser direct to rental movie than do you have any guilty pleasures from those now I don't even know if this is a among those and I actually argue with the fact that it's definitely a guilty diamond, sure. yeah, yeah. what there's definitely diamonds yeah that made. yeah but we're, I we're, argue that this is a guilty pleasure though it seems to have had a quite a backlash over the years and I Loved it. I always have loved it. I haven't seen it in a while. I suspect I still would love it. Shakespeare in Love. Why does that have oh. a bad rap now? Oh, is it because it beat, I think save, it beat Ryan? save It Ryan? I get that. Yeah, that shouldn't have happened. That's, but you can't hold that against the movie. You can't hold the movie. No, but wasn't there kind of a scandal about that too? Wasn't it? Was it sort of like rigged? Not, not well, like. Well, there was always that. Weinstein, Weinstein pulled some strings yeah. for Gwyneth Paltrow to win, and right. and uh, maybe there was some unseemliness there. I but, saw uh, my meteorologist peeing next to me after I saw it. That might be also why you have tainted <laughs> memories about it. Um, I like that movie. It is like one of those movies where uh, people are like. You know what? Your daughter's attractive enough, but she ain't no beauty pageant winner. It's such a funny, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, Shakespeare in Love is a great movie. Not good enough to win Best Picture. Sorry. Like, I, I don't know. know why people, like, have to like... Uh, but, and like, since when did the Academy ever get anything right, and why should that ever be the a measure of a, of a yes. good movie? But it's a Tom Stoppard script, and it has some really... Really good things. I think Ben Affleck is really funny in it. Yes, yes. I remember thinking, watching it, and looking back on it, that it's like a uh, a great execution of what exactly you'd want when you go see that movie, which yeah. is like a really fun romance. Yeah, and, and it's like romance. just historical fiction-y enough, and you've got like the real characters of Christopher Marlowe mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. I thought the chemistry with um, Joseph Fiennes and Gwyneth Paltrow was really good. Yes, and, yeah. I mean, maybe I was just so into Shakespeare when that came out too. So no, no, knows. no. I, I, uh, I'm trying to think of the things I like about theirs. Um, 
would be. Um, Look, it's no shattered. Shattered. It's no shattered. I mean, uh, so going back to shattered, Wolfgang Peterson, yeah. making whatever, and we're done talking about Wolfgang here. But uh, 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 I was gonna say the um, uh, this really reminded me, and this came out the same year as regarding Henry. Yes. Like they, well, it's very. You can see both movies probably in theaters within two months of each other in 1991, and they're both, I think, come from a yuppie fantasy of (laughs) the 80s are over, the 90s are beginning. I was an asshole. I wish I could be kinder and gentler. How do I do this? I don't even think it's that altruistic. I (laughs) think, yeah, I think it's more like I wish. I wish. Not that I wish I could be kinder and gentle. It's I wish people didn't know about my past. Yes, yes, yes. How can I get myself to scrape out my or own? innocently not be blamed for my past? Yes, yeah, yeah. So with regarding Henry, it's like he gets mugged and shot, and then he becomes like a little baby. Basically, he's like yeah. a little toddler who's like, "Can we make one big cookie?" Yeah. Seriously, that's like a lie. She's oh, like I making know. cookies. Like, why don't we make one big cookie? He's like, yeah. "Willie." <laughs> uh, and it seems like it's also in, like post big like whatever people like yeah. big about like big city guy goes in there with his innocence and or right. working girl and changes things with their yeah. the twinkle in their eye but similar to this is he experiences amnesia and you didn't in regarding henry you get to see a little bit of the asshole with this right. it's like no asshole no but they're both kind of based on their lives and worlds being changed by that they're becoming more gentle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were like 10 years before that, you know, we discussed the shining a lot. It seems to be like the hostility is how dare I be, uh, emasculated in this way right now in yeah. the late seventies. And this seems to be at least like hook came out at the same time too. And it's about, I work too much. I should spend more time with my kids. There was some like... Oh, for sure. They're both filmed the year of 1990. I don't know if really just a fucking change of a decade in people's eyes or something. Maybe having kids at that point. Even kids politically too with like the just like total capitalist era of Reagan giving way Mm -hmm. through Bush at this point to Clinton. It's just not cool or sexy anymore. I mean, there is some sort of like these people have to atone for their wealth or pay a price for that they've been living on the high. I think it is like the filmmakers of the era were the boomers who spent the eighties, probably not spending as much time with their kids and realizing it, but also not in any way able to take any of the responsibility for that. So it takes amnesia or getting shot. Yeah. I always think about the kids of uh, the parents who make movies about uh, work hall parents who need to put prioritize family over uh, work. You know, like, so that was cool that you went away for eight months to make that movie. I know. And, and I think in their mind, they're, they're saying like, <laughs> I'm fixing my situation at home by acknowledging it instead of doing anything about it. Yeah. So the, the idea that this is kind of like a gross little fantasy, it doesn't ruin it. It's more like kind of delights me. that. This yeah. Is, and it's it, based on a book, an older book. That's so true. I, I, I agree. And speaking of delight, like I think that's what this movie left me with. Amanda and I were talking mm-hmm. about this. We watched it together. I wouldn't call it a, 
good movie. I was just going to say it's not a good movie. No, it's not a good movie, but, but it's I, delightful. Yeah. And, and, and I'd where watch the other it again. one. I would too. And where the other ones we watched were of the two Curtis Hansons was weird mm-hmm. and less weird, but a little weird. This one's just crazy. Yeah. And two people say that. I wrote it down. Oh, Joanne, uh, uh, what, uh, Whaley. Gil- Whaley. She at one point goes, this is insane. So does Bob Hoskins. And then Bob yeah. Hoskins later goes, this is crazy. And I'm like, they know they have to have characters say this about this. Fucking Absolutely. Cockamamie oh, movie. Let's the fact get that we didn't it. say from the beginning. I know. Like, wild. I, we were saving is. it. It's crazy. It's crazy in its premise, in its execution, in its imagery yes it's so crazy it's not it's not bonkers there's bonkers this is just like a little unhinged but it's so delightful and pleasant and like you do see traces of hitchcock and de palma Mm -hmm. and stuff in here Mm -hmm. but maybe trying to be even a little more artsy with the waves but then at the same time when that crazy dissolve of the waves of of the ocean (laughs) a perfect curl wave May and then they're making love while an electric guitar is like yes, but the but the curl of the wave is also like oh, superimposed on a similar shape of their bodies. So you're kind of like oh, gotta hand it Does to you. If there was some from Indiana, there it'd be like yeah. oh, let's wrap this up. Uh, the terrain doesn't have to look like their bodies. No. Like, you, I know. you sure about them? No, no, no. You don't have to have a dissolve yeah. of terrain that match their bodies. <laughs> the, it's just, um, the style is the, yeah, it goes a long way with this movie too. Like there was a point where I was just like, I don't care that this is, I'm acknowledging that this is crazy, but because it's the level of, just handsome Hollywood thriller filmmaking with a budget mm-hmm. with stars. That is slick. But the fact that you get this double slick of their making a, a slick movie about a slick world. It yeah. just is so cozy, my man. I love it. And, and this is, we'll, I don't know if we've ever really done this, but this one, I would say if you're listening and you haven't watched the movie, Press pause and go yeah, watch the movie that? because that's good. That's because good. Yeah. yes, I think you'll you'll get from the beginning that you're in for not only a twist at the end but a twisty turny thing, and what this movie does, whether on purpose or not, is sets you up with so many options that you ultimately <laughs> are pleased by the twist yes. because you've got you've been presented with twenty possible twists. Yes, not that it's like twisting every time, but a man and I the whole time are like, oh, I bet it's her because of this. I bet it's him because of this. Mm-hmm. I bet it's this because of that. That. And just ultimately, it just benefits by Wolfgang Peterson going, I'm going to pick this one. Yes, yes, yes. And then yes. it makes the most sense in the end, because I think it, it was one of the options yeah. we guessed, but there was nothing leading to that more than any of the other options that are kind of I wonder set too up if in it subtle was ways. Like what you're saying, why it wasn't weird, um, like the Curtis Hansen stuff, is like, this is a, a noir thriller yeah. thing, but none of the characters are really as we know them as they're presented to us unseemly, like right. even ultimately oh, yeah. the wife Corbin at the end, you can, a little, but, but he doesn't, he's not the bad, bad guy. Ultimately. Like, I know uh, uh, what I, what I That's, mean to say is, yeah. um, and this is what I loved about bedroom window and bad influence. It's kind of like, 
There's some Scorsese type of perversion, psychological tick that this person is working out yeah. in this psychological thriller. This was like... Um, everybody was trying to... Because you don't know Tom Berenger as an asshole... Ultimately, everybody's trying to do good. It's kind of a weird thing when you yeah. like replay it in your mind. Even the wife who dies at the end, she was trying to just in her own way. It wasn't like she was after his money. Or there was anything. no. She there's was no trying original to get back to sin of murder. There's yeah. no original. There's no premeditated anything about this. There's the crime of opportunity and passion is yeah. what this movie's about. And the fact that most yuppie nightmares offer this kind of like choice of like you can fudge the rules a little bit and yeah. get a little far, but then you have to pay for it. With this, it's like um, the guy did bad before you knew him and he's just a good guy and, now. And he's not him. And he's not him. <laughs> so when did thing. you... In the forest scene, when they weren't showing the driver uh -huh. that was chasing them and stuff, yeah. it just started making me go, why are they not showing that driver? And ultimately, it was because it was his wife. Yeah. Um, but once that started, I started thinking, okay, because it's somebody whose face we shouldn't know. Are they really going to do this where mm. this guy who already kind of looks like Behringer with his curly hair are they going to suggest that there was some facial reconstruction that made him look like the other guy and then so when he's sneaking up behind her in the house and she turns around that moment was when I was hoping his doppelganger oh, was yeah. going to show up and then by the time they get to the bed now this isn't me uh, um, being like a oh, I knew Bruce Willis was dead at the beginning of six. I'm not beating that guy. I'm just yeah. saying, like, the movie was hinged so weirdly, or, or not weirdly, just like, it could only offer up opportunities of just being like, uh, what you and what you were saying you and Amanda doing. Like, it could be that, could be that. Absolutely. It, it was never closing the door on any possibility because Bob Hoskins could be a no good Nick to the well, very that's end. That's the weird thing yeah, too, isn't it? It yeah. has something to do, I think with just that, that slight left of center European film style in this is that in any other version of movie of that time, I would take Bob Hoskins character and never doubt him as a good guy. But in this one, I'm like, Oh no, is Bob Hoskins even in on this? Yes. And then I would like had great guilt to think, <laughs> why should I ever doubt one of the most wonderful screen presences ever, especially in this movie. Oh, and with the combination of an Alan Silvestri score yeah, yeah. plus him as a private detective, I'm basically getting like a Roger Rabbit sequel. I know, and you do start to realize either it's the only American accent he does or does well, which is the Brooklyn thing, and then they're like, well, if he's going to do Brooklyn, we're out in Northern California, let's just cover him in New York Yankees apparel to make it seem like he's some kind of transplant. That's why they did that, of course! I mean, I when I, was, when I was a kid and I saw Hoskins do it after seeing him in Roger Rabbit and just being like, knowing he was a an actor not from America yeah. I was just like oh I guess that's his American voice but I 
with each passing year, I really like. I think Bob Hoskins is like a top five I know, dude me for me. I know. I have yet to see Good Friday too, which I'm really looking for. Me to neither, watching. which is a fucking sin, yeah. considering that's what people. But uh, 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 the um, he I love his twinkle. He's got a twinkle in his eye really that's does. there all the time, yeah. and so no matter what he does, you just there's something about him. And then I love like on a cookie monster level the the growl of his voice I that little I like imagine that as like a big the little part of his throat that makes that sound just be like a big warm bed like <laughs> lay inside the nodules that make that oh I just really anytime he's on screen I was really happy and I love Behringer too yeah. I think Behringer has this like soulfulness in a surfer dude type of like it's, it's so- rare it's rare and it, it, you do feel like you're seeing the real man every time he's on screen mm-hmm. there's something a little scary about him mm-hmm. a little dangerous but also like he's imbued with a lot of authority so it's weird to see him in a vulnerable role yes, like this which is a, it's a lot of vulnerability and that's another thing this this film is always like kind of like nudging you out of your comfort zone even down to the fact that the last thing you expect to see in a yuppie nightmare from 1991 is a matte painting optical division of a shanty town next to the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, not only that, but the the modern house, the <gasps> was, Oh, yeah. it's like a pretty shitty map painting. <laughs> and I'm just surprised they couldn't just go shoot the exterior yeah. of another house because I don't think there's ever been a house on a cliff like that yeah. with the Golden Gate Bridge in that's the background. That's true, that's true. But you could mat in the Golden Gate Bridge yeah. or there's your optical shot, but yes. it looks like a thrift they, store painting. I think they later did that then with the little shanty dome, yeah. which I thought was such a fucking perfect movie land convention. You got yeah. like the most picturesque Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. and then right next to it is the convenient that there where the yeah. shipwreck was that you could just drive oh. down to and get right into the ship. Everything is everything is just just when you think you're like honing in on it, something else weird happens. Like, well, even when in the beginning when he's getting his surgery. And the makeup, he looks like Sloth from the Goonies. You oh know? my God. Yeah, they made it. I they thought that makeup not, was really great. It was, but it was so extreme. Oh, it was extreme. But then you realize it's because they have to cover up fake. Yeah. But then we're to believe, A, that he's airlifted down to Los Angeles. And may, they have photos of Tom Berenger's character. And they are able to perfectly replicate him. No scars. On the he level, has scars on his chest and his arms, but you, none on his face. Maybe a little. He has a little bit on his if face. If you're but. like the director of a never-ending story, directed Shattered, you could just be like, yeah, they use like facial reconstruction to make a guy look exactly like. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah, a sci-fi yeah. fantasy movie. Yeah, that you're describing. Also, the fact that <laughs> there's a world where a concerned wife could watch a surgery from a like glass partition like a two-way mirror of a <laughs> police lineup. Such a I movie. just love that. And, yeah. and they're not even concerned with whether you think that's an issue or not. Well and then the 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 people who are operating on I mean, in those little red robes, the ma- red mask of death yeah, stuff. Red scrubs. I hate red scrubs. That's Why would you ever do that? Evil. Although it probably actually makes the most sense because if you get blood on it, you won't see it as much. But I think that's the... Uh, uh, no. <laughs> that's the whole reason you shouldn't wear red because then if somebody's bleeding, oh, you're you like, well, everything's still staying red. 
But if you're wearing something as a aqua to, blue, aquamarine yeah. or something, you're like, holy uh, shit, this guy—that's so funny—punctured his heart here. Uh. <laughs> uh, when you said that there's something dangerous about Behringer, it got me thinking about how San Francisco a lot of times is chosen for these steamy, sexy yeah. mysteries and stuff. All the way like, back to Vertigo. Yeah, Vertigo. Yeah. And then we've had our own little share with the. Raising Cane Pacific has, Heights Yeah Pacific Heights And then um, uh, Moving forward Like the game A few has, to a like, kill Yeah <laughs> uh, Just whatever I was Foul play too yeah. yeah So I was thinking like Oh Why is there more of that Yuppie thrillers That part of the country Than And maybe I said this last year But I, When they're like Taking Big sharp turns Around yeah. mountains I was like, mountains are beautiful. Mountains are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's what these yuppie nightmares are all about. Uh, it's about like beautiful people in beautiful uh, surroundings experiencing like danger. Yeah. And when you look at San Francisco, it does look beautiful and dangerous. At and the it's same very time. affluent even before Silicon Valley. That's true. And, and typically I think that's true. Yes. Compacted. So there wasn't like large people didn't have a lot of kids there. It was a very grown up world. Yes. And it also offers, and this movie does it a couple of times, like exoticism, yeah. like, uh, people f- who have, uh, immigrated to like it's just the yuppie nightmare being set in Houston or Chicago or Detroit it would just be a really different and um, I think all of our next movies are New York based all four Uh, of them uh, or at least the next single white female temp and um, disclosure Disclosure. no you know what disclosure might be Northern California I don't know where one one hour photo is but have we had a yuppie nightmare in the middle of the country? Had they all been? Was sleeping with the enemy just where she goes? That's to, right. She yeah. goes to hides out in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but she has to go there. Starts at a beach. Yeah. Yeah. And she has to go there. And the beach, yeah, the beach is like East northeast, Coast? right? Yeah. Yeah. Nantucket or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh. But, uh, I mean, I would love to see like a yuppie nightmare in like Des Moines, Iowa. Or I something. know. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen because. Ooh, Gone Girl kind of does. Yuppie has to be like urban professional, you know? Exactly. You're right. There has to be skyscrapers and high-end restaurants where people go to meet each other. (laughs) Uh, Do you need to take a Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, but loving talking about Shattered. With Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. With Paulie and Rust. Uh, Matt? Yeah? If I wanted to try to just get on board with watching Shattered... Yeah, I would be like, in the first ten minutes, there's gonna be like a sex scene set to Knights in White Satin, and every ten minutes there's gonna be a, a silhouette of a man breaking through shattered glass. Some real Final Destination opening credits, sort yeah. of like I loved all that, like three D glass slow mo breaking. Um, no Behringer butt though. No Baron, no Bear Assinger, Tom no. Bear Assinger, mm. and no Corbin Bun Bunsen. Bunsen. Yeah, plenty of Greta Skakis. <laughs> Nicely done. I don't know. Um, Greta Greta Chachkis. <laughs> yeah, we have little Greta Chachkis at our house that uh, <laughs> her just kind of like little bobbleheads of her. <laughs> Greta's Chachis. Hey, <laughs> uh, the um, also, did you see this? I, I first started watching it on Plex and then it got a little too glitchy, and so I just popped over and rented it. Um, but the version I had was like uh, from foreign credits, so the title was like Todd, I'm Spoggle. What? what? <laughs> Like the titles were coming up, and then the title of the movie instead of Shattered, it was Todd I'm Spoggle. Wait, it's like in German. I don't understand. Yeah. Oh my god! I don't know why it was written that, and everybody's names were in a different. Did you watch it on Plex? No, it's streaming on Max. Oh, I messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> but now I feel like I missed out. Jeez. Uh, do you think um, if? Uh, Trying to think of um okay. If um the character who was a I was gonna make a joke about pissing on Max Hedrum and it was gonna be streaming on Max. <laughs> Just save you guys the time. <laughs> you know what you what you did is you gave us the model to build ourselves. So everybody go away and put that kid together. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Uh, speaking of models and kids, I like the um, uh, an architecture, the Transatlantic Building. Yeah, that's I was trying to remember the name. So he works in the Transatlantic Building. Yeah, which, which I love. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's also it was owned by Transatlantic, who bought UA, who then ah. bought MGM, and this was an MGM thing. I, I was wondering if they got a you know a little deal. Another thing I love about that, and I, I could be totally wrong about this, but they show that building from the outside, and especially you're assuming his office is up near the top, <laughs> and it has you know only something like I don't know five, six, seven windows across when you're up at the top. Mm-hmm. Then when they cut to his office, 
those windows look huge. Like there's still like th- at least three offices or four offices up there. When you get to his office, all the eight windows are there, but they're kind of like about the size of yes, these windows behind that's so you. So funny. And yeah. <laughs> when in the beginning, when she first talks to the doctor and he tells her what the situation is, mm-hmm. that guy's hair is so incredible. His beard and his hair, if you discount his mustache, you could rotate them 180 degrees and you wouldn't know still which is beard and which is hair. It's he just is a perfectly round, like halo of hair. And he was like, it's sort of like those little magnet things. Where yes, you could, yes. Like choose yes. to where the hair goes. And if yeah. you wanted to, you could have it fully just around the Absolutely. Head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked, uh, yeah, that doctor being like, any doctor in a movie who has to give like good news, bad news is like, really funny yeah yeah <laughs> uh especially when it's like exposition yeah your husband had a terrible thing but we're putting him through facial construction which will pay off later <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that uh alan silvestri you know robert zemeckis's main guy yeah. so that's why he did the back to the future and the uh-huh. roger rabbit sorry score that i was just talking about but um in the same way that jerry goldsmith does the score for basic instinct there's something funny to me about when, you know, these composers are multi-genre guys. That's like what's cool about them, right? But when they have to like be sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine like old Alan Silvestri like losing his collar, putting a rose in his mouth or something, <laughs> and writing like sexy music. He's writing it in the bathtub with candles. <laughs> Well, he gets like sponge bath by like, oh, play me. A young Hans Zimmer. <laughs> but also Jerry Goldsmith like doing the score for like basic instinct and be like, does this give me a motor? <laughs> so he finishes the music first and then, then asks, does this give me a Then he listens bone? to it and then he looks down at his crotch. A skeleton bone. That is like a... Is Jerry Goldsmith a Jerry Gold um, Dick? Okay. <laughs> uh, the also just the um, I mean it's the conceit of the movie, and because I love all the flashbacks and stuff, and they're cool and they're like point of view, I'm totally into it when they show up. But if there wasn't a more convenient fucking thing for a mystery than your flashback slowly dole out information as it's needed, it's a pretty unsatisfying way to see a mystery come together. There's a lot of unsatisfying about this. Thank God the packaging is so satisfying. It's true. What kind of, what, what would that be like? You go into a candy store, the, the packaging is like what you bought it for, and the candy is like not bad. Yeah. It's just like you're. Well, it's I said I would like never watch this movie. There's just a lot in this movie. The fact that he gets so damaged, but she's perfectly fine having jumped out of the car, which ultimately usually is how you die being thrown from a car and staying in the car is the better thing. Maybe he wasn't seatbelted, well, but. And then yeah. she came up with this after the fact and. The fact that the amnesia, which is a pretty big thing to hang a movie on, ultimately was an unexpected occurrence that they just had to deal with in the moment makes it feel a little like disappointing in terms of like, oh, so, I mean, I know it's like, duh, there'd be no movie with amnesia, but when it's just like the reason the movie existed was just to make things 
the amnesia was just to make things kind of more complicated or or, or oh. gloss over the facial construction thing. Well, also the, this accident happened and that she she was able to kind of like at some point get a, a good enough look at him to go he's so beyond recognition now the thought occurred to me if i have him reconstructed as my husband yeah and i clearly have a curly hair type thank god yeah so i got this curly hair guy same height same voice yes how great was that that, man the first time he says a word I, I would love to be smart enough to say I was like, oh, that's Tom Berenger's voice. I wasn't. I was just like, but that's a weird voice for he, that no, guy. No, they say it after it's been revealed that he's... You hear his voice after you know the switch has happened. He's silent up in. But he has there. one word. He has one word like don't, oh, really? don't or no or oh, something. And it's, even before the... Yeah, it's weird. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, and it feels dubbed and it made me laugh. And then I tried to think then when Behringer's talking and yelling at her, I think it is Behringer's voice. It's Yeah. So you're right, like, right. okay. She likes a guy with the same build, same curly hair, yeah, and only a t- identical, pretty much identical voices. But a true poor man's version of, like soap opera actor version of cinema actor. You know? Yeah, what his character was in Big Chill as the like TV actor, that, yeah. that guy in his... Yeah, you know, uh, yeah and then... Um, Right, that the voice would match. And then, of course, it's just like one of those reveals or twists where you're just like, okay, hold on. So what the fuck was going on then when he was talking to Bob Hoskins again? I know that they kind of go like, you lost some weight. But that's just like, there'd be one moment where he would go like, it's kind of like that thing where you almost sat on a cactus. What the fuck? Oh, you're amnesia. But yeah, Yeah. well, like some a conversation would be had with somebody at some moment. That's the thing. This, 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 all these plot elements work on paper, but for them to work in real life would be almost equivalent to monkeys typing Hamlet. You know, yes. I mean, what is Hitchcock? He calls it like the ice box thing where it's like, um, it's such an old fashioned thing, but it's like, it's a type of thing you think about later. You enjoyed the movie. Yeah. You loved the movie. It was entertaining. Dark Knight, Skyfall. These movies have that. You, yeah. They you don't go home. And it's when you get back and you're having a night snack at, at the ice box. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the night. You start thinking about the movie again. You go like, well, then how did that work? It's like, well, it doesn't matter. You no, this it. one's the, the popcorn yeah. version of that where you're in the theater going, what? <laughs> what? Yes. Uh, what? Yes. Uh, I mean, also some of the like justifications <laughs> <laughs> we threw them in the chemicals so that the body would dissolve. Who? How are we to know it was formaldehyde, which preserves a body? Oh my god! Oh, a ship the, filled with formaldehyde, perfectly uh, in a vat. Uh, and that Dennis, I mean uh, Bob Hoskins' character, survives underwater by breathing through his asthma inhaler, which I don't think is oxygen. That was preposterous, <laughs> and it made me think. If not for a, a test screening specifically, some development person was like, people are going to fucking love Bob Haas. Maybe I'm projecting here, but it's just like, this guy is nothing but good. He's helping out Tom Berenger yeah. the whole time and you love him for oh, it. Yeah. Let the guy live. Let Maybe. him at the end. Because how does he get in a helicopter and appear there so quickly? There's already having yes. been like 
his arm has already been attended to. There's two conditions that I thought Bob Hoskins signed out of this movie. And one was like, let me live with the hero yeah. or whatever. Like, don't make me just be the disposable character that gets the right. lead actor on in the next thing. And there was a scene that they got sitting outside the hotel, Hacienda, Hacienda Hotel. Oh, yeah. Where he's like... This whole movie's just been thriller talk this whole time. And then finally there's a heart to heart where this guy goes like, I've been where you have been. Man, bag filled with broken glass, some shit like that. And then uh in what I love, truly love about movies. The moment the heart to heart ends is the moment a major plot point, like the guy shows up Cuts in the it car. Off, yeah. I love like, and the world just knows as you have a boring heart to heart part, <laughs> you gotta just life up with a little yeah. something too. Yeah. Uh, but it seemed like that was a scene that's in there because, hey, we got a great actor like Bob Hoskins. He can't just be the private detective who's offering things up. We're going to let him have his own scene with a monologue. And I appreciated it. You know? Yeah. It's Another Hoskins. thing that was like reverse engineered very clearly is how, is it Judith? Is that Joanne Whaley's character? I forget. Jennifer Judy. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. How she knows it's not him is because she just happens to be a, a, a fortune teller and could and recognize yes. his palm was different. Yikes. <laughs> she slept with this guy, presumably. She's like, needs to notice his palm is different. Yeah. They, so they had matching cocks, <laughs> these two guys. Mm, similar penises size. Yep, that's, that's what's happening here. Balls look the same, too. Mm, palm, though. No, no, no. Oh, man. It would be funny if like it was like a distinct difference. Like... Behringer, real Behringer, had like a micro penis, oh, and yeah. the reason she was hooking up with this Jack guy or whatever is because he, you know, had a salami yeah. between his legs. Okay, <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, uh, uh, <laughs> then when she tries to come on to new Behringer, she'd like slip his hands down, and so she's like, "What's this? Yeah, <laughs> you had a tic tac before." <laughs> <laughs> okay, god damn. I don't know why I'm getting so blue. I don't mind at all. <laughs> hey, is this a real Dave thing? Dave makes a joke about that, by the way. The, who, who? the switcheroo, the president switcheroo oh, yeah. movie. That's what it hinges on. I knew you were a different Dave because uh, your dick's different, sir. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, I knew you were different because Sigourney's Weaver is a little different. Loom. <laughs> is this a real thing? Am I just... Because because I don't trust this movie, mm-hmm. even though I've never seen or heard of this, maybe it is a real thing, but I'm suspicious of it in this movie. When you open a film canister, and it's not a roll of negatives, but it's a roll of printed, a proof sheet, printed like negatives. I've only seen those like grouped I, on a page. Before. I know, I know. And I loved it when he opened it. Yeah. I was like, I fucking love those when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Popping them open, little fun things in there. Um, but the... Uh, yeah, when he pulled that out, I was like, somebody did his job or like helped him out. It's like, yeah, I'll get these printed for you. And yeah. I'll, but and then they were on a contact sheet, and it, in true like comic strip Sunday funny style, he's reading it left to right, and then gets the punch at the end. Um, the fact that those photographs were taken is really funny because it's like, again, Roger Rabbit. It's yeah. like 
I want you to get some pictures of them t- uh, doing patty cake together. Yeah. Like, yes. It's the patty right. cake scene and he even starts flipping the pictures around like he's doing like the patty cake, patty cake. I know. <laughs> then the biggest question of all, not just a plot technicality, mm-hmm. but she hated her husband, wanted him to die. And now she's just willing to get her lover's face made into an exact representation of her husband, her bullshit dick of a husband. Yeah. And and that's and then she's like happy again. Yeah. Maybe it's because she's like hearkening back to when she once loved him and now he's a nice version of that or something. Oh, it's but, like um the man with two brains, she's got like the perfect thing. She's like, Well, I always thought Berenger was more of the looker, but I yeah. like this dude's brain, so I'll marry him together. I mean it is yeah, that choice that she made at that moment is weird because it's kinda like I think you could let that guy survive and just in the weirdness of everything the accident you could choose another path to cover up the murder here yeah rather than then you'd have every other movie instead of this crazy crazy amazing movie when they were driving around the forest and the person's face was covered i got a real tip of the tongue thing going on here matt that i'm trying to figure out if you could help me there's a movie where they are obscuring, and I feel like we maybe watched it for the podcast, where it's somebody on a motorcycle, and because they're like oh, wearing yes. a helmet or something, it's the thing that allows not just the characters in the movie, but people in the audience to go. I think that's like when I was watching, I was like, wait, why are they going out of their way to not show that person's face? And it was because maybe another movie, they did that, and it did trick me. But and was it also wise. a woman? Mm-hmm. Posing as a man, I think so. Yeah, that does sound familiar. So people can help out. I, I you know, write it know in the comments on the to... live screen if you, if you know what that is. But they, I, I think would they're even meeting in a forest, and they're somebody's in a motorcycle, and they do some switcheroo or or trade off where you're like, oh, that's why that person didn't show their face at the time. Maybe it's Mission Impossible or something. Ah, Solo. I think it was Solo, which I didn't see. But oh, uh, well, there's a bit of that in Solo. My, uh, when you go to heaven, you can see any movie you want. I'd love to see that Lord and Miller oh, Solo yeah, me footage. Too. Me too. I Do you know. think it's there's pivotal scenes that aren't shot? What was the story with that? Is it like oh, uh, you couldn't ever watch it and have it make sense, or was it no, all the big pieces are done. We just didn't like some of them, so we're having no. Ron I believe it was they didn't like the tone that mm-hmm. they were doing with it, and. Um, so if it's sewn, then a lot of stuff gets... Yeah. yeah. And I think there was maybe uh, Alden Ehrenreich's, like, didn't... Wasn't really working within the Lord Miller version of it or something. I don't know if that part's true, but I believe they well, were he was making doing quite a comic. comedy. Yeah, yeah, and then... I think he maybe wasn't having uh, as good a time with that. Okay. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I um I don't think it's ever truly been revealed. And it's the same with Rogue One and how much is Tony Gilroy and how much is Gareth Edwards. Yeah, I'd love know. to see all of the original movie <laughs> Star Wars movies before they got changed. Yeah. <laughs> um when it's finally re- when he finally reveals that moment yeah. of cutting back, do they cut back to the waves and then the shattered glass and they just, they go, they play all the hits in that yeah. split second. And it's really amazing. Yeah. Uh, and there's some just amazing stuff too. Like the shipwrecked ship set. So cool. When you say set, 
boy is it a set i i love i, I did it's too. funny it's like hook which came, like bob hoskins is in it's like such a movie set, set yeah set. um and i think that's what all you know when you watch a movie you go what am i going to remember from that i think the image of like because it was so unexpected was shattered i didn't expect it was eventually going to be Tom Berenger in a sunken ship walking no, through mist no. and then coming up on a weird wall where the meters or something are yeah. written on it and then entering there and going inside and seeing like a chemical. Like that was not Hitchcock thriller <laughs> stuff that I was expecting. Not hardly. Uh, so I guess that's like, but I, because I love that set and just movie grammar tells you that a movie's got to end where the big expensive set is like guys yeah. makers of shattered you don't <laughs> leave that place for five more minutes of movie okay it's a bad idea there's no way people are gonna leave there and go good more movie like psychologically your brain just goes they're showing up in the big yeah. shipwreck where the answers are given if the movie ends here but the Oh, God, they got back in a car, then she drove off the road. Helicopter. And, but I love all the car stunts, too. Yeah. Like stuff and did you read off. about that in the notes? That, yeah. that they made a fiberglass replica that they shot off with a cannon, basically? And they had six cameras running, which... Uh, and one of some were on helicopters, which was like, that's how they got Even some suspended from stuff I've never seen. Yeah. 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 I haven't... There's and there's that... Specific the, shots I haven't seen of a car crash that I was like, wow, that is really same cool. with the interior of Tom Berenger flipping around with that mounted camera inside, which you see a lot of nowadays mm -hmm. and since then, but I don't know if this was the first, but that, really that good. actually, I was like, wow, for a movie at this time, that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. better than that segment in creep show too, <laughs> with the, the guy who wants a ride <laughs> when she's driving. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, I love the scene um, with uh, any scene in a movie where the guy's like, uh, my memory is a little hazy. Well, here's a hundred dollar bills. Oh, oh yeah. my boy. And I, I, I could never like, have the gall. Well, I couldn't either, but I feel like you're missing a line of Tom Berenger going, wish it was that easy for me. Yeah. I'd spend a hundred dollars to get some memories back. <laughs> Thanks a lot, friend. Yeah. It's funny too that we're supposed to like him getting those memories from people. We automatically have to believe what those people are telling. You know? uh, I know. And then Tom Berenger, when at the end he's doing his like little recall thing, yeah. it's like, we're just taking him at his word. Like his memories have been faulty. So the fact that like Bob Hoskins is, <laughs> remember that ridiculous scene where Tom Berenger is like, I didn't kill her. It was somebody else. And Bob Hoskins is like, yes. It's like the reliability of your memory comes through again, friend. Infallible. The yeah. human memory, infallible. Yes, yes. Uh, um, the, um, uh, I just want to talk about the fax machines in this movie. Um, a true 90s shot of a fax machine being thrown out of a sky riser. Amazing. And I was like, only a... A four-year gap of movies could not see like the shot be and set up that like the that. movie takes pains to see it land on a roof. So it's because everybody's thinking, "What Come on, San Francisco citizen is just murdered by a falling fax machine?" <laughs> it's a uh, uh, Robin Williams character from Mrs. Doubtfire in Mrs. Doubtfire garb. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, 
mm, falling phones. Uh, mm, sounds like uh, mm, uh, Alexander Graham Bell had a bad day. Okay, not no Robert Williams, guys. Sorry, uh, but then uh, then it also becomes a plot point where they look at the back little area, the number of the fax machine, and somebody's like, yeah. oh, "Numbers, packs of fax machine gives us clues," and then. The only time Tom Berger really kind of becomes like a dark character is when he like I'm not laughing at this, but he like slaps his uh the woman and yeah. he like shoves her down to the ground. He's like That's bullshit. He said a fax. <laughs> He's like, I loved how fax is figured into this movie a lot. <laughs> and he I wonder how many movies plots turn on facts is because the, how many you could think of what am i thinking of where there's something coming in in the like foreground but the person doesn't see it what well, movie back is to that? the future part two uh, you know he doesn't get fired he's like read my facts oh yeah but there is something like a serious movie where uh, the camera sees what's coming in on the facts oh it's, oh, it's silence of the lambs right Yes, and you're reading the news read or something uh, like that thing. Yeah, hey, we'll find Is out it? pretty soon. Yeah, honey. we will. Um, the uh, I do think the thing that's most interesting about this movie is that thing of like, I was a creep asshole character, and I have no memory of that, and I'm dealing while well, trying to solve this mystery who I was like, but he wasn't a creep asshole, but he was, was he? When he was like the industry, but he was, he was never that guy. Oh, he was always, so you're saying when, um, he, it's funny that the guy that you are meant to believe is just some kind of sleazy affair is actually a pretty decent innocent yeah. victim and in all of right this. right right um because what was oh 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 yeah so it's not about him really struggling with who i was Mm-mm. that's like what the movie could promise but to i think be. he thinks he is right because he's led to believe yeah right does so, he know he was an asshole well, at least the former he's getting the impression from other people yeah, yeah the, that's right. um the wolfgang peterson thing though in the notes he was like uh Oh, I the questions were that I liked about this was kind of like the who am I? And even though that meant like it was frustrating as a movie because it just meant he was just going to find out who he was when the mystery needed yeah. another push. Like that is a idea I liked, but also there was a thing where I thought it was cool uh the Joanne Whaley, um, just such a pick me girl, by the way, talking shit about somebody's wife to him, saying me, pick me, pick me, come on. But, uh, when she says to him, she's trying to get him to understand, um, why they would be pulling the strings and trying to, she's trying to, why his wife would be fucking with him. She goes, uh, do you, do you know how much you're worth? Oh, yeah. And it was, like, interesting because it's, like, part of the dilemma is, like, he's not really recognizing how he was, like, a captain of industry. He was a tight, like, he called the shots, and he's not even that guy. But then 
Um, it did seem sort of like it was like worth means something uh, different now. It's like she's like, do you know how much you're worth? Uh, she means it in a Forbes way. Yeah, yeah. But like his dilemma in that moment is really like, what's my worth mm-hmm. to people and things like that's like a. Now I find it in this like fucking cockamamie movie, and I will say, <laughs> about an hour into the movie, when it just starts getting really crazy, I did think like. In a similar way that they said, like, Friday the 13th is like a telephone game where it starts with, like, the simple thing yeah. of a mother is avenging yeah. her child's death. And then by Jason Goes to Hell, it's like a worm that travels through people's souls and makes right. them, like, I did think, like, when they're doing all this crazy stuff with facial reconstruction, I'm like, not to, it doesn't, not every movie could be fatal attraction. But when you think about, like, the only thing that really escalates in that movie and it does escalate and becomes so more thrilling it's just the most simple stuff in the world it's like her being like i'm pregnant yeah i'm gonna tell your wife yeah uh i'm gonna confront your wife yeah like they're all things that feel so um thrilling uh, yeah. and then this when you're like joanne whaley's pulling him off to let him know that her wife is uh, secretly has always been a liar and she's lying to you now. It's like, I have no understanding of like life. Nothing is on earth. Nothing is on earth. That's why I was like trying to be like, I guess it's about somebody trying to figure out their worth. (laughs) When I just heard you say that, I was like, wow, you got that from that. That's impressive. No fucking, uh, it's not there. And it's shit. I'm a dumb fuck head. Uh, What's the, um, any other thoughts? Fish don't buy condoms. I thought that was a good line. Yeah. Not for me, other than just, this is one of those movies where the, the pieces don't add up to the whole, but the, somehow the whole is more interesting than the pieces, not better, Mm -hmm. but it's really worth a watch because it's just a fun, complicated noir that is way too twisty and, and extreme for its own good, but if it were, if this ver- if this movie tried to scale itself back, it mm. would just be boring. Mm-hmm. So it might as well be this kind of ridiculous fun movie. Yeah, I, I noticed um, in the notes it said that there was mixed reviews. Yeah, about, and that it was because of <laughs> you the- mean my, when I watched it the other day because <laughs> it was based on the twist is what the mixed yeah. reviews came from, and it is a kind of twist that I could see maybe being more dissatisfying than satisfying in terms of like um, resolving or whatever. But in terms of like a recommendation for a movie, like I get it. Like the twist is enough that by its own, like, Wild preposterousness. It's a fun watch. I was with, happy with, with the a twist. buddy. Yeah, I was. Then two people get to be like, "How fucking yeah, wild was yeah. that?" I yeah. was happy with the twist because, at, yeah. by the time it gets to the twist, I am not wanting a conventional resolution to right. this movie. It wouldn't feel true to the movie, you know. No, no. Yeah, it's not a. I think it is because it is so internal like it's a guy and i loved how they represented memory and stuff like that that was all cool i mean even though i'm saying i didn't like it how they did it as a storytelling device but like those were really cool looking stuff and i like the idea like you know i guess hitchcock would show like a dream or something like the 
idea of, hey, we're making psychological stuff here. Let's really just try to get it as much in somebody's brain as possible. I like that. Yeah. But yeah. it's... um. There's really only... How many kills we've got? Joanne Whaley and Greta Skaki are the only... Yeah. Kills. Well, I guess there's the original Tom Berenger murder. Well, when I thought Bar- uh, when uh, Hoskins was dead. Right. But he had that little ketchup on his chest. Oh. It was weird. Like somebody shot him from afar. Is that what happened? Uh, Inside the... He went... Yeah. Oh. It was weird. Um, I, I saw a really good death scene recently. Oh, yeah. Um, watched Minority Report with... Uh, my wife and my father-in-law a couple nights ago. Again. And um, there was a death scene. I won't reveal it, but the actor made the choice that he kind of thought it was funny. He like laughs a little bit when he happens because he realizes like, oh, that's, of course, why didn't I see this? Is it? No. Oh, I can't even, I didn't even realize, I don't even remember that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's still worth a watch, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Don't let me, uh... That's, uh, that's a movie that I wish did not live in Spielberg's Janusz Kaminski desaturation phase, which he's still sadly kind of in. You know... It just feels so dated. But. Yeah, it really, there's only a couple times where I was like, too much, too much, but yeah. other than that, um... There's just some straight up like Indiana Jones sequences, man. Yeah. It's funny. Like yeah. there's a scene where he gets inside a car that's getting assembled and he's in it. Yeah, I remember And the that. bad guys are trying to get him. And then at the very end, the doors open, he sails off and the bad guys stop as they watch him go. And I just like was like, Yeah, I saw a couple, three kid Indiana Joneses last night. That gave me hope. Was that? Last night at Halloween, yeah, they were nice. shit costumes. But yeah, come on. Well, anybody, <laughs> they're shit costumes. Nobody can match the browns and the tans. Uh, Matt, I don't think I ever mentioned this. You, on Indiana you, Jones, you like Dial of Destiny? <laughs> I slept on it night, many nights, and now I know because um, I didn't find out until after Indiana Jonesing. So I'm reading this book that's about the. Um, a new book that came out about the uh, Twilight Zone accident. And somebody had mentioned that the producers and uh, the costume designer had a previous disagreement on Raiders based on the price of the jackets for Indiana Jones. And the first time they shot with Indiana Jones, he has a different coat because they went with the other coat after the first night of shooting. And I was like... You're fucking telling me like a different cut. He, yes, I was like, you're telling me there's a scene in Raiders Lost Ark where he's wearing a different Indiana Jones jacket, and I got the Howard Kaczynski, you know that um, guy who's a Lucasfilm producer. Yeah. Oh, Kazanjian. Yeah, I got his book. Found the page to find out what scene it is. What? Because what was the first movie? What was the first scene they shot? Uh, that he had South, that jacket. Oh yeah, what was? And it? it was the ship scene when they're saying goodbye to Sala. Um, after when Sala oh, sings really? the song when he's walking off. Yeah, a British soul is a yes. song. Yes, rich baritone there, my friend. Thank you, indeed. 
<laughs> but uh, maybe because it's dark and the dock is dark, you don't notice it. But I watched it. The jacket is different. Really? Uh-huh. I will look out for that yeah, next yeah, time. What a great new discoveries every time. A ploft. Yeah, you know, and she's not holding um, shot glasses to her head. They're ice cubes when she throws them down. They make the glass shatter. They added that. Oh. Because there was yeah. a deleted scene where she goes out and the, picks up snow yeah. from outside to cool her head because she's you know, drank too much. And then they cut it out. And so they just went from her collecting the glasses to her putting something next to her head. If you look closely, they're ice cubes. But because you just saw her handling shot glasses, you think, oh, she's putting cold shot glasses to her head. I never even questioned that. And then when she tosses them down, they go shatter. As opposed to like... Shatter. Yeah, shattered. Oh, wow. How great. Oh, yeah. my God. Two wow. new uh, indie finds there, wow. buddy. Um, last thing I'll say, I did think it was weird that Bernson didn't show up. And it Not is at one all. of those things. He's too big of a star something for that part. And the notes actually helped me exp- understand it. Yeah. That was like, oh, Behringer. Just wanted him along. Yeah, and Wolfgang Peterson doesn't maybe familiar with enough with L.A. Law to know that casting this guy is maybe for a... Yeah, but For still, a thriller, the f- character's made enough of a footprint. Not only does he not show up or have any resolution, he really doesn't factor into the plot at all, other than to be just to like tone-wise a red herring. Yeah, yeah. But right, he has really no impact. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. He's the real MVP. I mean, we still love you, Corbin. Sure. But uh, you know how they say, like, um, blonde, fair-skinned features. They kind of have the hardest row road to in terms of uh, aging oh yeah and if you look at the cast of la law that is the cast to prove that you got like harry hamlin and oh, yeah. uh, jimmy smiths right who have somehow aged into more handsome men as yeah. they've gotten older yeah or a little corbin person yeah. just like this blonde haired pasty guy you're like oh i guess you get the window yeah, um, he seems like maybe uh, tone-wise as a human being, he's not helping him either. <laughs> he seems pretty well sour. Well said. Pretty sour. Um, I'll share a, a funny story here because Corbin Burnson makes me think of Don Johnson. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. Paul Rubens uh, told me this really funny story once where oh, he well. went to Sylvester Stallone had a birthday party at his mansion in Miami and he knew... Paul lived in Florida and invited him and they, he went and knew Paul was telling me, Oh, there's so many, it was just like movie stars everywhere you went, every corner you turned. And he, when went was out, this? Uh, when was this? Yeah. Uh, he told me it was around the time that the, um, it might've been tied in with that, the specialist movie he made with Sharon oh, Stone. So nineties. Yeah. Also it's funny that this woman looked like Sharon Stone and, uh, Tom Berenger then is in Sliver with Sharon Stone. Yeah. Like even the poster kind of makes it seem like they want to trick you to think of yeah. it. Um, but oh boy, what was I just saying? Uh, Paul Rubens is at the party. Yeah, Lots of yeah. movie stars. Yeah. And so he goes outside with Don Johnson and um, the two of them are outside talking, catching up or meeting each other. And uh, Paul told me that Bruce Willis came walking by and he saw them and he walked over to them and he threw his arms around Paul Rubens and Don Johnson. And he said, you know, Bruce Willis said, you know, guys, it's so funny. Just last week, I was in my home in Los Angeles wondering, I wonder what Paul Rubens and Don Johnson are up to. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's I was great. like, That's a wit. 
That's good. <laughs> but it does make me think, wouldn't you have loved a buddy cop movie with Paul Rubens and Don Johnson? And then Bruce Willis is yeah. like their commander. Yeah. It's like, you boys did it again. The mayor filling a cake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or is it like, or there Don Johnson is definitely the cop. And so is Paul Rubens. Although he's like the like internal affairs accountant, but who gets a Bruce Willis is the, like the, like, organized crime witness that they have to take with them to solve a crime or something yes, like that. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Oh man. Um, well, so what was the best kill? Uh, I, I guess maybe it's Greta Skaki at the end. You don't see Joanna Whaley get killed though. It's pretty, pretty good. Like effect yeah. when you, when she rolls over and hmm. I guess I'll go Greta Skaki. Yeah. Yeah. If, if Hoskins had died, that would have been, cause that was a yeah. surprise for me. Yeah. <laughs> but instead he fell into a pool of old formaldehyde and breathed off a asthma inhaler. There were so many things reverse engineered in this movie, the palm rating, the asthma inhaler, all these things written in when they got to the end and went, how could he not die? Oh, let's go back and give him asthma. Yeah. Cause he, you know, he's around animals all the time. Oh, Betty June. Uh, uh, well, we don't have, we can save the Xenos for next episode actually, cause we okay. don't have a ton to read. So let's recap what we've given these fine films. Um, on a scale of one to 13, yeah. uh, based on the, on Fridays. That's right. <laughs> After hours, both got 12s from us. The bedroom window. I gave it a 6.5. You gave it a 7.5 bad influence. I gave it a 9.5. You gave it a 10. That's what it's competition is for me right now is it's in the bad influence range. It's better to me than bedroom window. Not quite mm -hmm. a after hours. Mm -hmm. What did I give bedroom window? You gave it a 7.5. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, to the original yuppie filmmaker, Federico Fellini, let's give it an eight and a half. Eight and a half. That's, that's good. If you go back and watch all of his movies, it might not seem like it, but they're all yuppie thrillers. You know what? That sounds real good to me. I think you nailed it. Hey! I'm give it an 8.5 as well. And then uh, next week, maybe, would you say this is our most known yuppie nightmare of the season? Single of this season? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We were going to do this last season, remember? And I we had a veto round, and I vetoed it only because I had recently seen it. Yeah, but so now, now I haven't you're seen going it to it with the freshest eyes. The singlest, whitest female eyes <laughs> you've ever seen. <laughs> Bye. For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Wood, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.